Good morning. Today we're concluding our series called Healing Choices. And there is one reason why we're concluding today. It's because next Sunday is the start of Advent. Bah humbug, some of you would say. And so we're concluding today's service, or today's series, because Advent starts next Sunday. In week one, we looked at the healing choice was heart and life purity. In week two was the healing choice was transformation. And last week, of course, the healing choice was relationship. And today, the healing choice is this one right here, the growth choice, the growth choice. Growth touches every fiber of our world. Did you know that some types of bamboo can grow up, grow up to 91 centimeters, or that would be 35 inches a day? Some types of bamboo can grow 35 inches a day. Now, I've heard farmers say that on a hot, humid day, you can actually hear the corn growing. I'm not sure what it would sound like with bamboo that grows 31 inches a day. That would be like, whew. It's just astonishing that it could grow that fast, that quickly. How about toenails? Did you know that the average toenail grows about 1.62 millimeters a month? That means that if you lost your toenail, it would take you about a year and a half to grow back your toenail. And just a side note for anyone who's guessing, um, these are not my toes, by the way. But I went on Google and I went, toenails. I typed it in. Let me just say, some of the grossest looking toenails I've ever seen in my life showed up. I looked long and hard to find a good picture that I could present on a Sunday morning. That's just a side note. Don't Google toenails. Trust me. Did you know that the oldest trees in the world are the Great Basin Bristletone, Bristle, Bristlecone pine trees? And they're thought to be about 5,000 years old. They're found in the states of California, Nevada, and Utah. Oddly enough, the tree's success is directly related to the harsh conditions which the tree grows in, which is cold and windy. Now, I could preach a whole series on that one, but I'll let, let that one be. Did you know that the average child would grow about 9 to 11 centimeters until full height is achieved? We saw little ones here on the stage this morning, and they will grow so quickly, because I can attest to that, Sherry and I, of how quickly our little babies grew up to be young men. They will grow about 9 to 11 centimeters until full height is achieved. But some of us in this room and watching online this morning, after full height is achieved, we continue to grow widthwise, though, well into our adulthood. Here's one thing I know about growth. Growing is very much part of living. Growing is very much part of living. In the circle of life, if something stops growing, it generally suggests that death has happened. If something has stopped growing in our world, it generally means that death has happened. In the spiritual realm or in the spiritual world, if something stops growing in the spiritual world, it generally means that sin has happened or that spiritual death has taken place. The Bible is full of examples that encourage Christ followers to grow, to continue to grow in Christ. If you go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, Timothy writes, so that you may progress so that you may continue to grow in your life. In 2 Peter 3 and 18, growing grace and in knowledge, it says, Peter writes. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, grow in thanksgiving. Proverbs 1 and 5 says, grow in learning. And then in James chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, chapter 1, verse 2, 3, and 4, it says, grow in perfection. How do we grow in perfection? James writes, by persevering through trials. As you persevere through trials, you will 
grow in a well-developed life. In fact, you may be surprised by this, or you may not be this morning, but there is not one reference in the Bible that suggests or recommends or encourages anyone to live a stagnant, dying, or dead spiritual life. There's not one verse in the Bible, there's not one suggestion from Genesis to Revelation that anyone who is a Christ follower should have a stagnant spiritual life, or have a dying spiritual life, or should have a dead spiritual life. You see, spiritual growth is a healing choice in our life. It's a healthy choice. George MacDonald communicates this truth to us this morning, all growth that is not toward God is growing towards decay. So he is saying there are two streets for growth in a person's life, in the spiritual life. You can grow towards God and become more Christ-like, or you can grow towards what's not God-like, and it is decay and spiritual death. The choice is yours. I've observed within the church far too many people who say, I want God to guide my footsteps into growth, but are unwilling to move their feet. I've heard it over and over again. I want God to guide my footsteps to spiritual growth, but they never move their spiritual feet. There is an unwillingness to fully surrender to Christ. There are areas of our life that we hold back and not give to Jesus, and because of that, it hinders our spiritual growth. And we may say all day long and all night long, I want Jesus to guide my footsteps into growth, but if we don't move our feet, then spiritual growth will not happen in our life. Bruce Larson worked for many years in New York City as a counselor, and he would often take his clients for a walk in New York City, and he would end up at RCA building on Fifth Avenue, and in front of the building, still there today, was a gigantic statue of a man holding up a sphere of the world. With all of his might in this statue, with all of his energy, he can barely carry this world on his shoulders. His knees are even buckling. It is a vivid reminder of how humanity struggles under the gift of life. But Bruce Larson would remind his clients as they stood in front of this statue, now that's one way you can live right there, trying to carry the world on your shoulders. On the other side of Fifth Avenue in New York City was St. Patrick's Cathedral, and behind the high altar of St. Patrick's Cathedral was a shrine of a young Jesus, maybe eight, nine, ten years of age, and there Jesus was young Jesus, holding the world in his hands with no effort at all. Bruce Larson would then say to his clients, we have a choice. We can carry the world on our shoulders like across the street in front of the RCA building, or we can say, I give up, Lord. Here's my life. Here's my world. I give it to you, and I place it in your hands where you can hold it effortlessly and I do not need to. A life not fully surrendered to Jesus will never grow to its full potential. I just need to state that right up front this morning for all of us in this room and watching online this morning. A life not fully surrendered to Jesus will never grow into its full potential. Never will. It just can't happen. We clearly see this truth in Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus tells a parable or a story that we, we often call them parables in the church, but they're really stories that Jesus would tell. And we find this parable, the parable of the sower, 
in Luke 8, but it really could have easily been called the parable of the soil. Not the parable of the sower, but the parable of the soil. And in the story, Jesus identifies what, it, what is healthy growing, what a healthy growing life looks like, and he describes what an unhealthy and dying life looks like. And we're going to look at it this morning, starting at Luke chapter 8, verse 4. And we're going to read all the way down to verse 15. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable, a story, to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. So a large crowd of people had gathered around to hear Jesus speak and teach. In verse 5, the story goes on. A farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered across his field, some seed fell on footpath and where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. And then in verse 6, Jesus said, other seed fell among rocks. Say this with me, church, that's in the yellow it began to grow. That's, that's important. It began to grow. But the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Then in verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns. Read this with me, church. That grew up, so it's growing with it and choked out the tender plants. In verse 8, still other seed fell on fertile soil. Say this with me. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. And then we see in the latter part of this verse, verse 8, when he had said this, he called out, say with me, church, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now this word, and, you could change it to give us a better understanding this morning to, to the word to, to, T-O. Anyone with ears to hear should listen to understand. And in that application, listen to understand means you understand to application. You understand to apply it and use it in your life. And then we, we're going to look at another verse here, verse 9. His disciples asked him, what this parable meant? What does this story mean, Jesus? Good question. We're going to skip down to verse 11 um, now. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. And then in verse 12. The seeds that fell on the footpath rep, uh, represent those who hear the message only, have, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Then in verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. So Jesus is giving us the definition here. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. Then he goes on to say in verse 14, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. Say this with me, church. And so they never grow into maturity. They never reach their full what? Potential. They never reach what God had intended or designed them for. And then we see the close it out. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to God's Word, so they hear, they understand, and they are applying it, and then what, church? And patiently produce a huge harvest. It is a somber but yet powerful story concerning growth and healthiness versus decay and unhealthiness. 
It's a perfect story. It's a very somber story between those two transitional pieces, decay and unhealthiness, growth and healthiness. And in fact, there are some obvious things that I want to point out to you from this story. First one is this. First, everyone received. That's the first thing that I see from this story. Everyone received. Everyone received the Word of God. The sower spread the seed to all four soils, both the compact, both the rocky, both the thorny, and the good. However, just because everyone heard and received the Word did not guarantee spiritual success. You saw that, right? Just because everyone received and heard the Word does not guarantee spiritual growth, does not guarantee spiritual success in our life. In fact, if my math is right, which I know it is, only one out of the four actually what? Actually grew. Reached their potential. Sadly, many people hear the Word today, but few hear the Word and grow in the Word. Few hear the Word, understand the Word, and apply the Word. Remember what Jesus said in verse 8, anyone with ears to hear should what? Listen and what? Understand. And that and understand means application. To hear and not listen and understand is an unhealthy choice for our life. To hear and not understand is an unhealthy choice for our life. The proof of salvation and spiritual growth is a life that produces Christ-like qualities. I'll say that again this morning because I think that one went right over your head. But the proof of salvation and the proof of spiritual growth in our life. How do we know if we've been saved? How do we know if we're growing spiritually in our life? It's that our life is producing Christ-like qualities. If our life is not producing Christ-like qualities, then there is something wrong with our salvation or there is something wrong with our spiritual growth. Therefore, we can assume, now it's never good for someone to assume, especially the preacher, right? But I think we can in this moment. Therefore, we can assume if our life is not producing Christ-like qualities, then we are struggling to listen and understand. If we are not producing Christ-like qualities, it's problem-solving here. If we are not producing Christ-like qualities in our life, the problem-solving is this, then we are having trouble listening to what God is saying to us and understanding what God is saying to us and applying it to our life. Jesus shared another story before this story on the Sermon on the Mount. And we find it in Luke chapter 6, verse 43. And here's what we find going on as Jesus is teaching on top of the hillside. A good tree cannot, what church, produce bad fruit. He's saying it's impossible for a good tree to produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't, what, produce, grow. A bad tree cannot grow good fruit. Then he goes on to say this in verse 44. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes bushes. Now, if that was the case, that would be the number one headline for probably days on end, but it's not. And I would take that headline over the last little bit of headlines that we've had in our news. In verse 45, we find a good person produces what? Good things from the treasury of a good heart. There's two key words. Don't forget that. We'll come back to that. A good heart. 
And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of a what? Evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your bingo. You've just won. What is in your heart? Verse 46. So why do people keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Is that not what I was trying to show you a few chapters later? And Jesus in the parable of the sower or the parable of the soil, Jesus is saying, you're hearing it, but you're not doing it. Either you're not understanding it, or you're understanding it and refusing to apply it. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? What else does Jesus say here in verse 47? I, I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Jesus said, I'll give you an example. Here it is. Here's the example Jesus gives in verse 48. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is what? It is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation, and then what, Jesus? When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into what? A heap of ruins. In both teachings by Jesus, in Luke chapter 6 and later in Luke chapter 8, in both stories, in both teachings, Jesus is telling us that hearing and listening is not the problem. It is not. In both stories, everybody heard. Understanding and application are the problems. We are either A, failing to understand and failing to apply because we don't understand, or we understand, but we just refuse to apply. So let me ask you some personal questions this morning. How about you? Are you listening to understand? Are you listening to understand in your life? Are you, are you allowing the Word of God to penetrate the depths of your heart? Because what does Jesus say in that Sermon on the Mount? For what's in the heart does what? It flows out. Are you applying the Word of God to your life? John Baker suggests everyone should take time to do a heart check. You might go, what is a heart check? Well, here's a heart check. This is it. He uses the word hard and then he breaks it down with five questions. Am I hurting? Am I exhausted? Am I angry? Do I resent anybody? And am I tense? Right now, check your heart. This is not a hard exercise. I think if you're in this room or watching online this morning, if there's hurt in your life, you know it, don't you? And if, there's, if you're feeling exhausted, I think you know you're exhausted. And if you're feeling angry, I think you know you're angry. And I think if you're resenting someone, I think you know you're resenting someone. And if you're feeling tense and stressed and anxiety in your life, then I think you know those things. And so we need to do a heart check, an honest evaluation. Am I hurting? Am I exhausted? Am I hungry? Am I, do I resent somebody? And am I stressed out? Because our ability to listen and apply the truths of Jesus is directly related to our heart. If we are hurting, if we are exhausted, if we are angry, if we are resentful, if we are stressed out, we will struggle to hear and apply the truths of Jesus to our life. Because why? Because the number one priority is the hurt. 
The number one thing is our exhaustion. I I need some sleep. I need a vacation. I need to fix this. Uh, Anger is the number one thing. That's what we're focused on. We're so angry. We can't think about anything else. We resent somebody. That's all we can think about when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep at night. I resent that person. I hate that person. Or I'm so stressed. I'm so filled with anxiety. That's the number one thing in our life. Elsie Fitzpatrick said this, Maturity in the Christian life is measured by only one test. How much closer to His character have we become? How much closer to Jesus are we today than we were yesterday? How much closer to Jesus are we today than we were last week, than we were last year, than we were five years ago or ten years ago if you've been following Jesus that long. I want you to know that if you can stay today, I am no closer to Jesus than I was. Whatever point you want to pick in your past, then there is a problem in your life because you are either stagnant or not growing because of some reason in your life that you need the help of Jesus to make that right. I don't know about you, but I want to grow. I want to grow to be more like Jesus. I want this day, November 21st, 2021, I want to grow more like Jesus today than I was yesterday or last week or the week before that or last year or when I first accepted Christ in my life. I want to be more like Jesus today than at any other point in my life. And if I'm more like Jesus today, that means I'm growing in the things of Jesus. I want to pray a prayer that you pray, help me, Jesus, to listen, to understand, to apply the truth to my life. That I surrender all to you. There's another observation from Luke chapter 8. Not only did everyone receive, but everyone had the opportunity to grow. Everyone did. All the seeds, except the first scenario, started to do what? started to grow. Life started to sprout. And the seedlings were starting to develop. Have you ever wondered? I have been all week long. Why was the hard soil so hard? Perhaps too many people trampled on the heart of the soil. Maybe too many people trampled on this person's heart. And maybe the hardness developed because of pain and disappointments and tragedies in the person's life. And, but whatever the reason might be why the heart was hard and cold, it is clear that there was an unwillingness to allow the seed to germinate in the soil, in the heart, in the soul, in the life of that person. It did not germinate. And Scripture tells us, Jesus said, what does this mean? It means the devil came along and snatched the seed because the soil would not accept the Word. Is your heart hard? Has your heart been trampled on? Do you feel like you've been used and abused? And you have no love at all in your heart and you just feel like life has just crushed you and you have a cold and hard heart. Charles Swindoll tells of visiting a friend's home on the west side of Houston, Texas on a cool Texas evening and his friend had a beautiful 75-year-old host and in the host was uh, in the home was a den and in the den was a fireplace and the fire was crackling in the fireplace. He said it was absolutely beautiful. 
He said the den was litly, was uh, only lightly lit. It was kind of dark. He said from the fire, it was kind of lighting the room up, but he noticed that there was a sign above the mantle of the fireplace. And so Chuck Swindoll went over and he began to, excuse me, put his hand on the sign and he, and he began to say the words, if your heart is cold, my fire cannot warm it. If your heart is cold, my fire cannot warm it. If your heart is cold, another relationship will not warm it. If your heart is cold, another million dollars in your bank account will not warm your heart. If your heart is cold, there is nothing in this world that can warm your heart up. It is only by the power of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit that He can ignite a cold heart and break the toughest soil that's been trampled on by countless people and soften it so that the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ can happen in your life. Jesus is the only answer. Have you ever wondered why was the shallow soil so shallow? Perhaps on the surface the soil looked ready. But lurking beneath the top layer of that soil was ground that was too hard. It was too sour. It was too rocky. And too difficult for the roots of the seed to advance into the depths of the soil. Unfortunately, shallow soil is plagued with great talk. And it looks great. It looks like it's ready for the seed. But beneath the surface, the walk doesn't match the talk. And the looks doesn't look like anything that's in the heart. The shallow living. Are you living a shallow life? Have you ever wondered why was the crowded soil so crowded? The soil was soft and deep enough for the planted soil to put down roots, but sadly, there wasn't enough room for the plant to grow upwards, to produce and mature what the farmer desired. It was simply crowded out. Sadly, too many desires in the heart eventually will choke out faith. Your desires for this or for that rather than your desire for Jesus will choke out your faith. There are three ingredients, I believe, that were present in all three of those situations where the soil was hard, where it was rocky, and where it was choked out. And I believe they're, they're real in our life today. I believe that this was the first ingredient that we find in the soil, why the seed couldn't uh, be fully matured, because of complacency. Complacency happens when we become too comfortable. I've seen it so many times. I'm comfortable with life. I'm comfortable for where I'm at. I'm comfortable with my walk with Jesus. And in that comfort comes complacency. And when comfort and complacency go together, there's often spiritual death coldness, stagnant, too comfortable we become sometimes with the thorns in our life. Oh well, I'll just work around the thorns. No need to remove them from the soil. Too comfortable with the trampled on heart. Well, I've been trampled on before. I'll be trampled on again. I'll just live with it. Too comfortable with talking the talk, but not walking the talk. Too comfortable with not praying. Too comfortable with not reading the Bible. Too comfortable with defeat rather than victory in our life. Complacency always leads to an unhealthy life. It always leads to an unhealthy life. There was another ingredient there, confusion. 
confusion. Confusion becomes this mental game that we play where it never leads to healthy living. We play this game within our mind, and, and it leads to our heart. In confusion, we rationalize and confuse reality. We become so confused that we don't even know how bad the situation is. I believe that three of the four were so confused they didn't even realize how bad it was. How hard the soil had become. How rocky and hard it was beneath the surface. Or how it was choked out so that nothing could grow. There was another ingredient there. Compromise. Compromise. To compromise is to place ourselves in a risky place where we make poor decisions. It doesn't take compromise long to choke out the seeds of growth in our life. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you struggling? Are you struggling with complacency? Are you struggling with confusion? Are you struggling with compromise in your life? God is ready to help you get rid of that if you're willing. Andrew Murray communicates this truth, timely truth. God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to Him. But God will not assume full responsibility for a life that is not wholly yielded to Him. That's your choice, your decision. Will I wholly yield myself to Jesus? Or will I not? God is more than able this morning. God's character is not in question today. God's power is not in question. God's authority is not in question this morning. God is more than able to assume responsibility for your life if you will trust your life to Him. But if you won't, you're on your own. A final observation from Luke chapter 8 is that the only seed placed in the right environment, uh, the only seed placed in the right environment do what? did what? It grew. It is obvious that the problem was not with the sower and the problem was not with the seed. The problem was with what? The soil. So many people say the problem is with God. My life would be so much better if God could just fix my problems. It, God's the problem. He's just not doing it right. That Jesus is the problem. That the Holy Spirit is the problem. But the problem is not God and the problem is not the Holy Spirit and the problem is not Jesus. The problem is us, you and me, and in a positive environment that we live in, in a culture, a society, that we love the positive. Tell me the positive. Tell me the, the best get help book so that I can turn my life around. But the, but the problem is this morning is you and I. I'd love for you, only if you believe it this morning. I wouldn't want to force you to say anything that you don't want to say, but I want you to say it's therapeutic. I am the problem. Say it with me. I am the problem. Yes, you are. And so am I. We are the problem. Isn't that therapeutic? I'm the problem. Now we're getting somewhere. We have something to work with. Any heart that does not receive the Word of God, surrender to the Word of God, repent and follow Jesus, will not create an environment that facilitates spiritual growth. You will never have spiritual growth in your life if you don't hear the Word of God and apply the Word of God and follow Jesus Christ with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Pastor Tony Evans explains it this way. Great guy, great preacher. Just lost his wife a little while ago. 
but he is an awesome speaker. He said, spiritual growth is the transformation process by which we allow the indwelling Christ to increasingly express himself in and through us. And then he goes on to say, resulting in a greater capacity. That sounds like growth to me, doesn't it? On our part, to bring God greater glory and experience his what? Greater good. Uh, That is setting us up for spiritual growth. By opening ourselves up to more of Jesus Christ, surrendering our whole life to Him, saying, Jesus, I put myself in Your hands, and You effortlessly hold me in the palm of Your hands. And through that, I am open now to greater things from You, so it gives You greater glory, God. That's exactly what Jesus was communicating in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Remember what Jesus said? And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent what? Honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to God's Word, and patiently produce, grow a huge harvest. Do you have a hard heart? Do you have a shallow heart? Do you have a crowded heart? Or do you have a good heart? Are you growing in your faith? Or is your faith stagnant? And do I dare say, maybe even dying? The healing choice is growing in Jesus. To become more like Him today than we were yesterday. More like Him today than last week, last year than the moment we gave our life to Him. Pablo is considered the greatest cellist to ever live. The world has given him that title, that he is the greatest cellist to have ever lived. And when he was 95 years old, so he's grown and he's had a well life at 95 years old, he was asked why he still practiced six hours a day. I don't know about you, but if I make it to 95, I don't want to play any instrument for six hours a day. But they asked him the question, why are you still playing at six hours a day when you're 95? You've already been given the title. You are the greatest cellist player of the entire world. You know what he answered? Because I think I'm making progress at 95. I think I'm making progress. In other words, there is still room for me to what? Grow. The healing choice is growing in Christ choice. Never, ever, 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 ever. Is that enough evers for you? Stop growing in Christ. Because the moment you stop growing in Christ, you are at best stagnant and at worst dying. But a life in Christ is moving forward, becoming more like Jesus every day, every hour, every moment. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? I'd encourage you to do the same online if you're watching us. I don't know where you are in your spiritual growth. I don't, do not know where you are in your spiritual life. Some maybe I might be able to take a guess, but you know. 
between you and God this morning where you are? Are you more like Jesus today than you were yesterday or last week or last year? Would you say, I have a good heart, or would you say, I have a cold, hard heart, I have a shallow heart, I have a heart that is full of everything but Jesus? Where are you on the spectrum, on the scale this morning? Because I want to pray for you. If you desire within the heart, within the depths of your heart to be more like Jesus, you want to grow and move forward despite whatever your track record may be of in the past. I want to pray for you this morning that this is a new day, a new beginning, a day where you're going to strive to be more like Jesus as you surrender your life and give your whole being to Him. Because there's no need to be like the statue in front of our CA building, carrying the weight on your shoulders, when we can give it to Jesus, and He effortlessly holds it in His hands. If that is you this morning, I'll just ask you to slip up your hand and put it back down, and I'll, we'll pray for you this week. Yes, thank you, thank you. Hands up everywhere, thank you. If you're watching online this morning, there's a text number, just text us, pray for my spiritual growth this week. I believe that as the church can only grow as the people grow. And if the people do not grow, then the church cannot grow. If you're stagnant, the church will be stagnant. But if you're growing each day in Jesus, then the church will grow each day with Jesus. You are the church. It's not this building. It's not staff. It's us together walking this journey of faith. Father God, we thank you this morning for the two stories that we've heard and and we just want to be the good soil, and we pray that you would continue to plant your word into our heart, that we would be able to understand it and apply it to our life so that we can produce a crop that is a hundred times more than that seed that was planted. Lord, today we want to be grounded firmly on your truth, that, that when the storms come along, like we've seen in British Columbia this week, that the host will remain steadfast and not be swept away. Lord, for those who are stagnant in their spiritual journey today, we pray that you would set them free, that you would break the chains that hold them back, that they would re be released and surrender everything to you. For those who are in spiritual decay, may you breathe life by your Holy Spirit back into their life. For those of us who may say, I am on this, I have a good heart, may your spirit continue to encourage us. May we not fall into the temptation that the lies of the devil will tell us, but to stay remain, remain steadfast in your word and in your truth. Jesus, may your kingdom be done here on earth because your people who are following you heard you, understood you, and applied your truth to our life and church. In Jesus' name. Amen.